You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome, everyone, to the AME Radio Show. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and we've got a great show in store for you guys this week as we sit down and talk about the art, music, and entertainment industry as we do every single solitary week. And I thank you guys, each and every one of you, for coming here spending time on the weekend with us. Um, I know there's a lot of things you could be doing. You could be out playing with your friends, uh, taking care of your kids, just relaxing in front of uh, the television. You're sitting here with me, and I'm going to do my best to make sure it's a great time that you'll be spending with us. Uh, wow, I have got a lot of stuff to go over with you guys this week. It is just amazing. But first, let me kind of give you an idea who's coming on our show today. We have Jerry Hall. He is a, a musician from England, and he's going to be here. And he's going to be de- debuting one of his new shows. We have Phil Alessi. He is the owner of Alessi's Bakery, and they are a historic restaurant here in the Tampa Bay area. And a lot of their products have been tasted all over the United States. They are huge. And they started here, they immigrated here from from Italy in the early 1900s, and they've been doing it for over 100 years. 100 years! Next we have Joey Fatone. Everybody knows Joey Fatone from the uh, the, the the hit boy band In Sync. Uh, we did an interview with him a little bit ago about one of his shows that's coming out, and it's still going on. And we want to replay this interview because we've never had it on the AME radio show. So we're going to be putting that on here in just a little bit. It's great to talk to him. Okay, uh, if you guys want to go check out our website, I encourage everybody to do that by going to uh, www.theamemagazine.com. When you're there, you'll be able to see all of our great radio shows that we have, the guests coming up, uh, anything that you've missed, it's there. We also have our magazine and our television show, so there's lots of stuff that you can see up there. It's free, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Just go out there and check it out if you want to see what's going on in the art, music, and entertainment industry. Okay, so let me tell you about some of the stuff that has been going on in our uh, in our universe here with the um, with the art, music, and entertainment industry. Bella Thorne, you know her from uh, Shake It Up. She's a Disney star, and she has also done a uh, pretty pretty impressive musical career so far. Uh, she came out on Twitter this this week, which kind of shocked me as saying that she is bisexual. I was not expecting that. Uh, you know her. She 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 even made a uh, debut uh, cameo appearance on uh, Casey Undercover because her and Zendaya have been in a lot of stuff together and pretty much their entire Disney careers. Uh, also, we have Justin Bieber. He has a new uh, girlfriend. It looks like he is spending a lot of time with model Bronte Blempied. Um, I guess he's moved on from Selena Gomez, but. It's just amazing that he gets all these amazing women, and the funny thing is, he is just a weird SOB, I guess you could say. <laughs> I mean, he's always getting into trouble. I guess he's just like a bad boy. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, he, what what's up with him, but for some reason, he manages to get the girls. Also, we have um, some news for Fuller House. Uh, they, have, they are going to be doing the second season coming out here in just a little bit. Um, they are recasting two people. Now, you remember N- Nelson Burkhead, uh, Burkhard, I'm sorry. Nelson Burkhard was DJ's girlfriend right after she, uh, I'm sorry, DJ's boyfriend right after she broke up with Steve. And uh, he was the rich guy. He had the limo and everything. So he's coming back to revive his uh, role as Nelson. And we're having Kathy Santori. You know, she gave uh, Kimmy a lot of trouble. Uh, she was the bad girl in Kimmy's class. She's going to be back too, so that's going to be interesting to see. We have seen some uh, roles revived, but the one I really want to see is Michelle. I don't know why she's not coming back. Um, the The last series was a was a complete hit, and um, the, you know they're they're actually bringing it out for a second season now. She didn't have to be on it all the time, but I really would like to see her make at least one appearance on that show. Also, Rick Moranis, if you've seen the new Ghostbusters movie, you notice that one of the key people there that were not there was Janine, and it was also Rick Moranis. Now, you know those as the little nerdy people that really kind of made some um, 
some head headway for the movie because you had li- you had little Rick Moranis sitting there running around with these big old jet packs on the f- the photon packs and he's trying to shoot these ghosts and he actually became a Ghostbuster in Ghostbusters two for a little bit. Um, his role really was a comic relief. Now he did not come back in the most recent uh, Ghostbusters three, I guess you could call it. They call it the uh, the revive, um, the relaunch. Um, he turned it down because he said it made no sense. And you know, I've been hearing that a lot lately about this speci- this specific uh, movie. Um, a lot of people have said that they don't understand it because, first of all, you had all the Ghostbusters, and basically all they did is take the, the same characteristics and turn them into females. Um, there's not really much difference between them. They're all the same characters, just female. So it's it, the show has had a lot of mixed uh, reviews from it. I haven't seen it yet, which is kind of unusual because I love Ghostbusters, but I just haven't gone out and seen it. Um if it's anything like the Karate Kid, where they did, or Home Alone, where they did, you know, the same three people uh, throughout the, uh, well, Karate Kid was was um, uh, Daniel for the first three, and then on the fourth one they they put in a female in there, it just completely ruined the story. Not that she did a bad job, and not that she wasn't amazing in her own sight, but you've done something so long and consistent that now you changed it up so dramatically, and yet you're trying to keep the same plot. It just doesn't work. Same with Home Alone, to, uh, the Home Alone one. It actually wasn't um, it wasn't Kevin. It was another kid, uh, but the same plot, and it's just, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just kind of lost it. It just didn't have the same feel for me. So that's some of the things that are going on in the art, music, and entertainment industry. And I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back, and we are going to be speaking with Jerry Hall and hearing his brand new song. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The AMFM 24-7 Roku channel broadcasts all of our shows on demand. To ensure reliability, we store and stream our content on the same servers as Netflix and Amazon. Our Roku channel is free to use, and anyone owning one of the more than 10 million Roku devices can watch our channel at no cost whatsoever. If you have a television show or are thinking about producing a show, you can be a part of AMFM 24-7's Roku channel. Watch our great shows on your Roku device. It's free and more reliable than cable TV. Are you stuck with a timeshare? Did you attend the presentation and were seduced and enticed into buying that great vacation and investment? Now you're in the terrible position of trying to figure out a way to get out of that mess. You're not alone. For over 15 years, BuyYourTimeshare.com has been helping people like yourself get out of timeshare ownership. The fact is there is no resale market. Unscrupulous telemarketers call you and say they have buyers waiting, and the next thing that happens is you give them hundreds of dollars for an ad, and you'll never hear from them again. Another fact is that an identical timeshare to yours is being offered on eBay for a dollar, and no one is buying it. If you want out of your timeshare, I urge you to go to buyyourtimeshare.com or call them at 877-94-HELP-ME. That number again is 877-94-HELP-ME. Buyyourtimeshare.com. That's buyyourtimeshare.com. 877-94-HELP-ME. 877-94-HELP-ME. A teacher holds the power to make a huge difference in the lives of students. D.D. Ritman's new book, Student Teaching, The Inside Scoop from a Master Teacher, will help both new teachers and veteran teachers to be the best teachers they can be, impacting students' lives one day at a time. Available at ddritman.com or amazon.com. Again, that's ddritman.com, D-E-D-E-R-I-T-T-M-A-N.com. All right, everybody, I have on the line with me a very special guest. His name is Jerry Hull. He is a pianist, he's a songwriter, he's an arranger. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and we're so happy to have him on the show. How, welcome, Jerry. How, how are you doing today? Well, thank you, Jason. Uh, very good, thank you. Um, good to be here. Thank well, you for having me on. Well, I'm glad. And now you have uh, two albums, uh, Heaven Help Me, and uh, you also have another one coming in the works called Shadows in the Sun, and you have another one that's going to be coming up really uh, later in the year uh, that's uh, going to be exciting to see as well, I'm, I'm sure. And that's true, uh, and uh, that's actually that's being uh, worked on right at the moment. But there's two albums that's released right at the moment, and it's one that's called uh, Shadows of the Sun, like you said, and the other one, Heaven Help Me, the mm-hmm. debut album from uh, last year, and then uh, this latter album was uh, the latter part of this of last year. So there's like two albums released within six months apart. So that's you know, pretty 
for a lot of a lot of work pretty quick. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, tell people about for the people that have not heard you or heard about your music yet. Kind of tell people what your style is all about. Well, uh, I would say probably mostly my style is is kind of uh, influenced by the Elton John, Billy Joel sound, uh, and then it's 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 kind of all bathed in a Burt Backrack piano style and mentality, kind of from the seventies. And then uh, it, it, it's all very much uh, bolstered by like a, a Memphis sound with gospel and blues, enhanced with jazz and uh, rock and pop rock. Wow. So and it's orchestra. Got, it's got a lot of everything in there. <laughs> Pretty much so, yeah. Well, that's good because, I mean, it's good to have something for everybody. And if you are open to more things, you have a you have a much uh, easier chance getting people to listen to you and coming out to your shows for sure. I was kind of thinking that might be uh, a good logic to follow. And I, I'm, I'm hoping it'll work out that way. And, and uh, I, I think it has. I think it has because I'm, I'm getting kind of a wide spectrum of uh, different listeners that like different uh, sorts of music when I speak with them. So here's a question for you. What was the first type of music that you were interested in and what made it so exciting for you? And has that been one of the major focuses now in your music as you've actually become a musician? Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's pretty easy for me, actually. Uh, back when I was 13 years old, uh, Sir Elton John uh, had not, uh, you know, landed. Well, I guess he had landed in America already, but certainly this young Jerry Hall had not heard of him. So uh, some new songs had just come out on the radio that he had just come out with called uh, Benny and the Gents and uh, Rocket Man. And I think Benny and the Gents came first and oh, no, it was Rocket Man first and Benny and the Gents later. But when I heard these at a very young, impressionable age, it it. Um, it influenced me so it, it had such a, a profound eff- effect on me that I decided, you know, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to learn how to play the piano. I'm going to pursue this, and so I immediately asked my father if he would, um, if he would please get a piano that particular year, and uh, he made a deal with me that if you if you stay in the summer and really work hard and concentrate very, very, very hard on this and uh, get, you know, something under your belt uh, with this piano playing, then we'll keep the piano. We won't take it back. And so, uh, you know, I kind of signed my death warrant (laughs) with him. So, you know, it's kind of like a gun to my head. No, it wasn't that bad. But uh, it was pretty bad when you had friends coming up to your door, knocking at your door, you know, and you're 13 years old and they're asking you to come out to play or, or go down and let's go party or whatever because, you know, you're too busy uh, learn how to play the piano, so they kind of found that kind of weird. But uh, it doesn't matter because today I'm I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, I've been doing it for over 40 years. Wow! Uh, so it all started right there, and that's what that's kind of what got me going in answer to your question. So, what was the next part to uh, becoming a band? Did you? Uh, how did you get your start? I mean, there's so many differences between back 40 years ago to today you know it's hard it's i think it's probably a lot harder to get into any type of music um as it was back maybe in the in the early 40s uh, i mean 40 years ago kind of tell us your experience that you've had since you've started to now have you seen the difference has it, is it harder for for uh somebody trying to trying to become a, a a musician at this day and age and actually is it harder for somebody that has been in there for so long to continue to uh to make a make a dent in this industry Right. Those are two very good questions, Jason. And on the first one, I will have to agree with you. I think that I think you're exactly right that it's it's much harder, I believe, uh, for someone today to try to uh, get into the music biz because there's so many. But then on the other hand, with with the same situation, uh, the Internet has changed everything in, in comparison to to the older days as far as uh, giving people a chance that never would have had a chance back 40 years ago you see so so it, i think it's got a bad and good on one hand uh it's very hard to get into because there's so many people doing it and and so uh there's so much competition uh you know in order to try to get your your music out there but then like i say on the other hand the internet has made it very possible for uh, what would have not been possible back uh, may or may not have been possible, say forty years ago. But then uh, into the other question about um, you know how would it have been back then? Well, forty years ago it was it was it was harder in in such a way that um, you know you had to get yourself recognized. There was no internet to to get yourself out there. There was no <laughs> there was no way to do that. There was no social media. So it it, it strictly relied on uh you know record promotions, record companies, uh you know, promotion uh, you know of yourself uh, by going out and gigging. I mean really hard 
grafting and, and so forth and, and, and getting out and really getting yourself out there. So I would say that's probably more so than it is now in comparison. There's so many contrasting comparisons, but I would say those are probably the, the two tallest orders to the answer to your question, if, if I did so answer that, I hope. You know, I've done a lot of research with the music industry because I have a lot of friends that are inside of it. And there was a song in the early, I believe it was late 80s, early 90s, called Video Killed the Radio Star. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that's most definitely right. Yes. Yeah, so what about the what about the MP3? Has that killed the, ra- oh, the, the music star? Because I've been seeing oh, a lot of people saying, well, you know, I can't do, you know, the, 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 the labels have not been signing because they don't make as much money. I, th- I think you're exactly right. Again, it's because uh, I think what it has done is it is it, revo- it has revolutionized itself. It has evolved from that point where uh, you know uh, video ki- uh, killed the uh, radio star, and now it's uh, you know internet killed the video star. So it's it's kind of evolving, and in that sense, it's it's becoming more detrimental to the music world, and that's it's a negative. Yeah, it's a negative connotative, and. Uh, it's not a good thing. But um, on the other hand, though, here again, um, uh, you know, everybody has a chance to try to get out there. Uh, and I think that you had asked a question earlier about, um, you know, 40 years ago, you know, how would it have been for me to try to, uh, you know, get started? I mean, how how did I get started and everything? Well, when I, back then, I had just, you know, how hard was it to get started? Well, back then, there was no Internet, as I say. And uh, I relied strictly on some mates that I had in in high school uh, at that young age. And we all got together and decided to form a little band, but they really didn't, uh, you know, it really didn't fan out to be very much until much later. Uh, I was offered some little gigs to do into the uh, the deep city area, the the city center of, of Memphis, and then and then onto Bill Street where I did some gigs there, and then that kind of led to another. So it's just one thing to another. It leads one thing to another, and I guess that you can kind of analogize that with with the internet, where when you meet one person, it connects to another, and it connects to another, connects to another. Well, with uh, back to Bill Street, uh, you know, you're meeting people instead of the internet, it's in real life. And so, you know, one band, uh, you know, uh, introduce you to another, and you get introduced, and it go down the chain. So before you know it, I, I found myself in the bright lights of uh, Los Angeles doing some uh, gigs out there, and, uh, you know, living out there for about two and a half years, and doing some architectural drafting there. And then on up into my 20s, uh, you know, across the United States, and through the you know the Midwest doing gigs and you know anywhere from big convention centers to little hole in the walls you know <laughs> quite a lot of experience and that kind of experience you just don't get on the internet so there's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. As an artist myself, I have noticed that as you go through and and you start to to build yourself up and and, and make an identity for yourself, things always are going to have to change and. I've noticed that, and you said something in the last, one of the last things you said, a competition. There's a lot of competition in music. When does it get to the point where you have to try to find a way of evolving to stand out above all the rest of them? And have you had that? And what did you decide to do to change and make yourself uh, stand out above the crowd? I apologize for that because now I recall that question uh, that you were asking earlier, and it's 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 very similar to the one you're just asking now. And I'm glad you reminded me because uh, you know I wanted to make sure to answer that one. But uh, yes, um, that you have to do, and and you know it's you know it's uh, it's obvious that in this day and time, uh, you know, with the type of music that you do 40 years ago and the type of music you do today, you got to come up with some different twist, some different way uh, that's going to catch some attention and so forth. So. I'm thinking that not only just my own spin on the music and being influenced by the type of music that's out today, I'm also thinking that um, it's, it's artwork that does the trick, uh, promotional pieces of artwork that you can do that will catch the eye uh, when you're trying to promote your, your music and so forth. Uh, and then on top of that, of course, is the is the um, the gigging, uh, uh, you know, as well. But really, these days, it's more it's more cyber than it is gigging. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you find more, and that's that's the sad thing is because the 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 gigging thing is dying, and it's it's pretty much uh, you know cyber world killed the 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 gigging star if you want to put it <laughs> that way you know which which is really really sucks because right. uh, you know that, that it's there's just no comparison to going out and 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 seeing a, a live band feeling the emotion seeing how they work how the music is actually played how it feels emotionally the 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 feel of of rock and roll in the air as opposed to watching a cold bleak 
video on your screen. I know it's not that bad. I know I'm kind of painting painting you a cold picture here, but it's it's really that's kind of the comparison actually the way I see it. It is. I mean, there's a big difference between live and on the video. But the one thing you can do on video that you can't do in person is sometimes do a lot of the effects that just make it so you know interesting and cool. Because uh, you got to keep <laughs> it. Because you got to be able to keep their their uh, their attention for you know exactly. sit at, at a, at a mm-hmm. screen. Right, right. Just, just as you ask about, you know, what can you do to try to, you know, uh, change the way people look at your stuff since things have cha- changed so much. And 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 you pretty much answered it by right there by uh, making things more interesting, doing kind of cool things with videos and so forth, and also artwork, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. in the promotional sense. And it just kind of is kind of eye catching. And I think that's what everybody is used to these days, really. And that's what they're looking for. So you know, if I'm going to cater to you, I'm not really a caterer in in, in the in the sense of uh, you know catering my music in a certain way to folks uh so they'll like it i know a lot of people are you know but but i'm not uh but when it comes to promotional pieces and eye-catching things like that then then yeah i like to cater to 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 stuff like that because i enjoy doing it and uh you kind of take pride in it and if you do that then uh you feel like you're you know a sense of accomplishment you've done something now you got a, quite a few albums under your belt already, and it's uh, it's quite an accomplishment to be able to do that because I know there's some people out there that don't even have one album and they've been working on it for years. But um, I always believe in challenging myself with whatever I try to do with my art, and I always like to see what has been your biggest challenge. Maybe stepping outside the comfort zone for a song for you that has maybe taking you to the a, a whole new level or opened up your eyes to something you didn't believe you could do and now it's something that you've that you've embraced what what well, well hmm I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you there uh, well I'd say that probably one thing would be is uh, I, I think uh this this next album that I'm about to release I kind of feel like I've bitten off more than I can chew in the sense that the challenge is is that I'm going to be releasing a 28-track album this time instead wow. of a 14-track album. And I just thought I would try to outdo my own self, uh, not just for the sake of outdoing myself, but but to be honest with you, because I've got such a, a, a shed load of material that's accumulated over the last just 24 months. Uh, of experiences that I've collected over 40 years, and I, I don't know, you want to call it uh, catching up with lost time or, or whatever, uh, that, that's probably what it is. But I just know that I've, I'm really thankful that these things are rolling off the top of the hat, and I'm not going to kick a gift, more, a gift horse in its mouth. I'm going to welcome these, and if Mother Nature wants to steer me that way, beautiful. I'll, I'll, I'll accept it like that, and so far it's been it's been happening that way. So, uh, you know, that, that's one of the challenges that I've set myself up with. And it's kind of, um, you know, a bit stressful because, uh, you know, I've never, uh, you know, quite, uh, you know, uh, worked on a project this big. And also the songs that are actually on the album, these 28 songs that I've picked, some of them are already in my bag of goodies that were already predisposed there. But some of them, though, are brand new that I have just come up with. Uh, and those are the ones that are kind of nerve wracking because, you know, uh, if I want to put this out by summer, then I'm going, you know, <laughs> I got to come up with what I want to do here, you know, I, and I don't want to come up in a contrived manner. I want to come up with a very natural uh, way of doing it. So, you know, it's uh, there's the challenge there on one on one hand, I think there's one thing right there that I'm, I'm kind of doing. And then some of the songs on there, their styles and the way I'm kind of overstepping what I'm used to doing. Um, I'm doing some really unusual riffs that I don't usually do. Uh, the influences from the past that that I used to be so influenced with on riffs that I did on my first and second albums, I'm kind of venturing away from, and I'm kind of more, uh, you know, forming my own style than I ever have before, and I'm, I'm really proud of that because, um, mm, you know, it gives me a chance to be what I want to be and and express the kind of art that I want to express. So those are the challenges right there that I'm meeting, and those are the ones that are, are quite stressful but um, very enjoyable. And honestly, I haven't met an artist that can't that has never been able to say that they don't put a piece of them in in every one of their songs or every one of their their uh, their pieces of uh, artwork or whatever it may be that they that they've done. But I'm sure that there, out of all the stuff that you've done, there's been one song that is so personal to you and it just hits you hard. Uh, it would be like a reflection of you. What song would that be? <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a lot of them like that, and and uh, but like you say, there's one that narrows down to something that's really, really special. And you know what? It would have to be, the name of the song is called She's Everything to Me. 
And uh, it came off of uh, uh, the first album, my debut album, Heaven Help Me. And actually, I think it was the first release, as a matter of fact. And, you know, um, it, it was very inspired, you know, and I think love had a lot to do with it and romance and so forth. And, you know, when emotion is there and when human feelings are there, then something special is going to come out of it more so than something that you just fabricate from imagination or, you know, I've always I've always thought and I've always read everywhere as well. And it's kind of um it's it's kind of verified my own thoughts that uh, if you write from the heart and write from your own experiences, it comes out so much better and and, and people can relate to it so much more than something that you fabricated that you know doesn't have anything to do with you or doesn't have anything to do with what you've experienced or anything like that. It's so much more enjoyable when you do it from something that means a lot to you. The more that it means to you, the more it's going to mean to somebody that's listening to it. That's right. And that would that would be my advice, you know, to to the young ones out there that are that are that are writing, you know. But that's that's back to your question. The she's everything to me. It means the most to me because it has such a profound meaning to it and impact on the way I wrote it and and what inspired me to do that. And it just so happened to be a lady that that kind of changed my life and uh, uh, you know made me want to uh, leave the United States and come here and live with her in the UK. And so I've been here for now for the last 15 years, and like I say, in the last 24 months, uh, the songs that I've been producing, uh, you know, she and also living in England has really had a profound effect on the way I write music, the way I approach it, pretty much everything in general, and life in general, the way I smell the roses. Uh, you know, I never did do that before back in corporate America. I was, I was too busy. Uh, you know, I was shoving and shoving, getting going, and um, just didn't have a chance to slow down. So I guess you could say that I'm settled now. Awesome, and you're in the home place of Elton John, so you can't. You, it's the guy that helped you get the start. Now you're living where he is, so that's awesome. It's so it's so ironic, isn't it? I mean, it's just so ironic. I mean, it's not like I got up one day and I just went, you know what? I'm going to move to England because Elton John's there, and and for benefit, I'm going to have a lady that's from there. You know, <laughs> well, you know, I think that if everybody could do that, that'd be fantastic. But it don't exactly work that way, and it certainly don't work that way with the politics that's involved with it. So. Uh, actually, it just uh, for me it was luck. It was sheer luck. I think that uh, whatever you want to call it, Mother Nature or the higher power up in the heavens being steered me in the right direction, and it just it just happened for me. And uh, you know, I, I, if I wanted it to happen all over again, I would not change a thing. Well, we are just about out of time for the interview, and I want to be able to have people find you, hear your music, and learn more about you. So, how can they find you? Well, you can find me and most of my music and all the singles that I release to date at ReverbNation.com forward slash Jerry Hull. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Jerry Hull, J-E-R-R-Y-H-U-L-L. Check out all my videos there. All my songs are there. Uh, all the latest singles are there. I even have some uh, talk show uploads there as well, some chats, some interviews, and I have some videos you can check out and all the bio and things like that. Check me out at Twitter at at Jerry Hall Singer on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, most people are these days. And if you want to check out any of my music to purchase online at all your favorite uh, outlets online like uh, Amazon, Spotify, uh, Deezer, uh, iTunes, any of those places you can find the Heaven Help Me album and the uh, Shadows of the Sun album. Uh, the Heaven Help Me album is also have a, uh, a physical CD that's available on Amazon as well. So please check that out as well. All right, and we have a very special guest, uh, treat for everybody that's going to be listening here in just a second. We're going to be playing Beautiful Eyes, so we're going to go to a commercial break. We're going to hear some more uh, commentary and music and more when we get back. Don't go away, but right now we're going to be hearing Beautiful Eyes. Love to see. 
creatures or urban legends do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare if you answered yes to any of these questions then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Andrea Tanteros here from the Fox News Channel. I've got a new book out, Tied Up in Knots, How Getting What We Wanted Made Women Miserable, also known as the modern-day Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, Go ahead and pick it up at your local bookstore now. It's already a bestseller, or you can get it off Amazon.com or HarperCollins.com. Hey, this is Jen Lilly from Days of Our Lives, and you're listening to AME Radio Show. I'm here with Phil Alessi Sr., and we are at the Alessi's Bakery. And if anybody knows anything about the Tampa Bay area, this is the place to go. You have not been to Tampa Bay unless you've been to Alessi's Bakery. And I'm going to be showing you all kinds of stuff here. We're going to be making some stuff. We're going to be showing you the bakery. But this is the guy that runs this place, and his family's been doing it for centuries. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing great. So tell me, how long have you been in business? Is it really true, 1912? My grandfather came over from Italy in 1912. That's when he started, and we've been in business now for 103 years. Wow. How do you manage to keep a business going for 103 years? You always got a lot of ups and downs, but it's all about people. We've got a lot of loyal people, people that have a passion for what they do, and that's what it's all about. Years ago, George Steinbrenner was a mentor of mine, and he always said, Phil... Reach out for the best, pay them more than anybody else, and demand performance. And it works. I've really surrounded myself with great people. Not good people, but great people. They appreciate where they are and who they work for and what they do, and they do a fabulous job. And that's what it's all about in a nutshell. That's what we around for a long time. And you guys started out, obviously, small. What was the first things that you guys concentrated on? Was it the catering? Was it the, the, the bakery part? Was it the deli? My father started on church. My, grand, my father and my grandfather started on Howard Avenue and Chestnut Street. And it was mainly bread, cinnamon buns, and donuts. 
that's where it started. Then we got a gentleman from New York start showing the little thing. My dad always liked to travel. We used to travel all over the country and get ideas and bring them back and try them. And that's what it started, little by little. Then I, I was working at the, at the bakery when I was seven years old. But my father was the one that was my mentor. And I always watched my dad, and he taught me well. Hard work was what it's all about. Give back to the community. You don't know why, but it comes back, and we've always done that. But it's about hard work and be creative, and that's what it's all about. And little by little, we grew. And when did you kind of when did it become as big as it is today? Uh, how long ago did it start to turn into the bakery, the deli, and the and the place to eat, and basically the local hotspot that everybody you know just flocks to? I guess about twenty five, thirty years ago, when we started dealing with Publix and we built a manufacturing plant. We got a manufacturing plant, one hundred ten thousand square feet, and we sell to grocery stores all over the country now. Publix is one of our biggest customers. Was your grandfather, when he came over here, was he a baker in Italy too? And this is like something he wanted to try to thrive to become something better? He had a bakery in Rome about two, two, three blocks away from the Vatican. And that's where they started, well, mainly bread and pizza. And that's, that's, then when he came down here, he started all over again. And basically my father was the innovator of new ideas, mainly wedding cakes, birthday cakes, things of that nature. And now we're kind of really promoting our cake business now. Wedding cakes, specialty cakes, our philosophy is if you can dream it, we can, de- we can design it and, and, and wow you with it. I saw some amazing uh, cakes back there that you guys designed. What is the process? I mean, when, when a bride comes to you, how do you start? Well, the way they start, we have a tasting. There's no charge to it. We bring in the bride with our specialty, which is Melissa. She's one of the best in the country, in my opinion. In fact, she runs that whole department, does a fabulous job. And we got six other decorators that work with her. But she's the one that I call her like the general, and she organizes and she coordinates it. So they, get, they take <clears throat> reservations to sit down for a tasting. There's no charge in the tasting. And when they sit down with them, they look at the type of cake, what kind of flavors they want. Then they start looking at the design. We come up with a price. And that's the way they started. Then we fresh bake the cake fresh. They put it together, and then by the weekend, that's when they have it done. Now, do you guys do like uh, buttercream, I, regular uh, uh, fondant, and other types of flavors? We do buttercream. That's the most popular. But we also do fondant and do all kind of designs. There's nothing that the decorators can't do. That's why we say, if you can dream it, we'll design it and make it for you. And at the end of the day, you'll be wowed by it. They do a fabulous job. They really do. I'm really proud of them. And what about the other bakery stuff that you have in there? I mean, you got lots of cookies and a lot of cupcakes and uh, cannolis and other uh, great specials. Well, it's all about creativity. You know, those are the kind of things that little by little, like I mentioned before, my dad and I used to travel all over the country. We get ideas. We bring it back. You, give, you, get, you sit down and be honest with them. They're honest with you. They give you recipes. Bring them in and try them. See what works and what doesn't work. If it doesn't work, you cut it, cut it out, and if it works, you continue to make them. From those times, you know, a lot of effort, a lot of energy required, but you go through trial and error. Another mentor of mine was Bern Laxer from Bern Steakhouse, and one thing in his vocabulary that can't be done was never in his vocabulary. It's all about trial and error, and bakery is the same thing. We do a lot of testing of things, and we try to make sure, try to get it perfect, and put it out there and see what the public thinks. The public buys into it, we'll continue it. If it doesn't, after a certain time, we'll cut it out. And we're constantly rotating with new items all the time. You guys are Italian, and obviously there's a lot of Cuban food that you guys sell here. Did you have to adapt that to try to fit this area since it does have a lot of Spanish base? Again, it breaks into the same philosophy. We try things. If it doesn't work, we won't do it. But the Cuban food is very similar to what we're doing. It's a lot of similarities, and we've tried things. And if it works, we'll keep on doing it. We've been very popular with Cuban food too. Yeah, I know. I've I've been. I had a. Uh, I worked at another place down here with a, as an engineering firm, and every Friday, you guys catered all their meetings. Yeah, we do a lot of catering. That's been big with us now too. And it was always Cubans, and they're phenomenal Cubans, guys. And we're going to go here, like I said, in just a few minutes, and we're going to show you how they make this Cuban. All pork and all that. We make all of that. It's very important, and the ingredients are important too. It's you, so. you know, if you, it's got to be. It, what is the preparation for that type of stuff? Well, you have to have a Cuban person that's been f- familiar with cooking Cuban food. The familiarities and uh, marinating things and certain oranges, certain garlics and things, and those are the people that have experience. Experience is the key to all of it. When you get a 
person that has experience in the Cuban food, they do a fabulous job. And we happen to have a person with that. Well, thank you so much for this amazing uh, interview and, and showing us this, this, your family history. I mean, that's amazing. That's what I'm proud of, all that wall there with all the history. That's what so we're just following through what they started in 1912. And that's what I'm most proud of. Now my son runs it, and he does a fabulous job. I'm real proud of him. He has a lot on his plate, but that's the way he likes it. Absolutely. And, guys, we're going to be showing you their family over here. And right now, we're going to take you back into the kitchen, and we're going to be cooking a Cuban. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy, that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Today I'm talking with an extraordinary individual who has made quite a name for himself in the music and entertainment industry. He got his start as one-fifth of the boy band Virtuoso in Sync. He appeared on Dancing with the Stars, and he's the host of his very own show, My Family Recipe Rocks, which airs on Live Boil Network. And he's talking, uh, he's taking on a show, Real Men Cook, in Dallas, Texas, to help a nonprofit organization. Welcome to the show, Joey Fatone. I'm doing fantastic. You doing all right? Yes, I'm doing fantastic myself. Um, let me kind of start with, with some of your background. Let's start with some of your earlier things, uh, with InSync. How did you get involved with InSync? Uh, I lost a bet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, basically what happened was I uh, lived in Orlando, Florida, and um, I was actually in an acapella group. And long story short is uh, I knew somebody who uh, worked on the Mickey Mouse Club, which was Chasey Chazé, and him and Justin and another guy, Chris, who worked at Universal, where I worked at, was trying to get a group together. And, you know, I knew those guys, and we kind of formed together. We got a hold of Lance Bass, uh, hope it's not in Mississippi, kind of formed a group there, uh, and got a, literally, uh, after two years, kind of promoted ourselves, and we loved singing and had the passion for it, and signed a record deal, and went over to Germany, uh, Austria, and Switzerland, started over there for about two and a half years, and then made our way back into the States, and, uh, which was sort of insane, and we traveled around the United States, and it was an amazing, uh, fun time of my, my college years, actually. And just out of curiosity's sake, what was it like to see your song hit the number one Billboard charts for the first time? Oh, uh, it was amazing. It was surreal. Very surreal. You know, like something you made, something you recorded, and all of a sudden, like, everybody else hears it, everybody else knows it, which is kind of weird. And, you know, the funny thing was, I actually went to one of your concerts here at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida, and it was uh, okay. It, you you guys were swamped with people around you. How do you how do you avoid that? How do you keep safe and how do you get to your where you need to go without being mobbed by people? Um. Well, at the, obviously at the time there we had a security guards. We had a five security guards, one for each guy, and uh, we we move around. We'd have another, we had another security guard that would advance to check up and then use it where we got to go and all that kind of stuff. So we did all that. And, uh, it was. A pretty wild ride. Thank goodness for me. I'm, I'm actually very happy that it's not like that anymore. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, as far as people recognize me, but it's not that fanatic, not that crazy, which is good. I like that. And do you still keep up with the InSync group? Yes, yeah, I talk to all the guys. Uh, you know, Justin just uh, got married. And he's out getting ready to start doing a tour with his new album. Uh, JC actually is uh, having, working on producing a group together. Uh, and Lance has been producing some television shows. He has an actual radio show on uh, Sirius uh, called Dirty Pop, actually. <laughs> and uh, Chris just got engaged, and he's been uh, living in Orlando. Everybody's kind of been doing great, doing their own thing. And uh, now let me kind of work into the Dancing with the Stars. What got you into that? Uh, was it something you've always kind of wanted to do? And, you know, how did the opportunity fall in your lap? 
Uh, I did season four, and they asked me uh, every season, and I turned it down. The very first season they asked me, I just was like, why would they want to see a guy from this big dance? Because that dance hip-hop kind of thing. Second season they asked me, I was like, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I was actually working on a project at the time. Third season came around, I was like, you know what, that was kind of fun. You know, it must be kind of interesting. You know, I knew it was going to be a popular show, just by I watched actually the uh, UK version called Strictly Come Dancing. And then on the fourth season, I went, you know what, I, I think now it's time to do it. And I did it. And that's what happened. That's awesome. Now, I see that you ha- you are hosting My Family Recipe Rocks on the Li- Live Well Network. Uh, what's that all about? Yep. Uh, basically a show where we go to people's homes. Uh, we don't surprise them or anything. It's not like a, a hidden camera thing. But we go to people's homes. We check out basically their, we- their, their, as far as their recipes. Now, whether they, either it's been handed down from generation to generation, or if they, uh, let's see, they, they whipped up with their family or their kids, they're not like big chefs, they're not like, you know, celebrity chefs. We just go to these people's everyday homes and, and see what they cook, and basically put it up on the website, and people can make it at home. That's the beauty of it. Now, I know, you know, food is really hard to sometimes, uh, you know, choose between your favorites, and I know you've probably seen a lot of them. What has been your favorite so far to date? What recipe? Um, favorite? Uh, I would say my buddy Johnny Sarah, actually. We just shot him. We just aired the episode, uh, I believe, last weekend it was. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, we, uh, we went to my buddy's house, who's a great cook, who uh, I've known since high school, and he makes uh, Italian gnocchi which is a, a, a potato uh, pasta. And he made these amaretta cookies, and he also made um, this little shrimp uh, pesto crostini. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. It was, it was awesome. Like, it was really cool, too, to see him break it down. I've never seen him really cook a lot of his recipes. And it was a great thing to do that. It was a lot of fun. So I would say that's probably so far some of my highlights. <laughs> And I see that you're going to be doing Real Men Cook, where you're going to be heading down to Dallas, Texas, to see how the Real Men Cook. I guess it's a nonprofit group that encourages troubled teens and young men to discover the joy of cooking, and several other um, of the stars that, like, you're going to be included are going to go down there and cook. What's what's this all about? Um, basically, it's, uh, you hit the nail on the head. It's an organization. Uh, it's really cool. They do it actually every they, they do the big event Father's Day. And they raise money for this organization. And basically these kids who are troubled or they don't have fathers, they come and, and they're kind of like their mentors, if you will. And they, they break it down and teach them kind of how to cook or teach them the fundamentals of cooking. Um, great organization. It's the guy Terry, who's the head of it, uh, really warm felt, really sweet guy. And he just loves to cook and he loves kids. Uh, and he wish he always wish he had like an organization like this when he was a kid. So now he's just kind of paying a phone and, 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 and spreading the joy of cooking. And, uh, and, and, and friendship to, through, through, uh, through, through the father, like a fatherhood or a father, uh, figure. And are you actually going to be cooking with everybody down there, or? Um, it's cool because sometimes I get my hands dirty. Sometimes they, they, they say, hey, you're going to help us cook out, you're going to help us cook this. Or I just sit, you know, kind of stand back and kind of watch them. But it's amazing to see what goes on in different people's uh, homes as far as cooking and spices and what they use and what they don't use. And I'm sure that there's some things that people have never thought of and different techniques that, you know, uphold in every kitchen because there may be utensils that, you know, uh, uh, an iron chef or a chef on a cooking show may use and you may not have it. And a lot of these people are people where, you know, it's like, well, I mash my, you know, mashed potatoes with a fork. You know, everybody has a fork at home. So it's kind of cool to watch and kind of interesting to see how, how it goes down. Now, every every family has their own heritage. What's your heritage, and what type of food, you know, was like a comfort food or, or a homegrown food for you growing up? Yeah, my dad, my dad was a cook, and uh, Italian food was, was, was big, of course, in my kitchen. It's not Italian. So a lot of pastas, you know, as far as, you know, making the sauce and the meatballs and, and cooking sausage and, and all that kind of stuff, and lasagna, and, you know, whatever kind of pasta, you know, we 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 got to do it, you know. That kind of old school Italian thing. Brooklyn, I lived and where I'm from. We did the sausage and peppers, so you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know the sausage and peppers very well. That's a that's a great dish, and you can put it on anything too. Like you can put it on pastas, you can put it on like, um, you can put it on rice, you can put it on just about anything too. And it just yeah. it's, it's a great it's a great comfort oh, yeah. dish. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Well, we're almost out of time, so let me, uh, how can people watch your show, My Family uh, Recipe Rocks? Um, they can go to liveonnetwork.com, click on My Family Recipe Rocks, check out the website, check it out from there, or they can actually go, uh, when they go on the website, they can type up uh, your, your zip code, actually, or where, you're, where you live, and see if the uh, your cable provider or uh, your analog has uh, the show there. So, worst case scenario, if you don't have it, if you can't find it on your TV, you can always go to the website because all the episodes that air are there. And that's at livewellnetwork.com, correct? Livewellnetwork.com. And click on find my, my, my Family Rescue Rocks. You'll see my mug on that picture. Click on it. You'll be on your way. And actually, if you want to submit, you can submit your recipes when you actually probably come down here a little bit, too. Fantastic. And just to, just before we leave, I just want to have one other question. Do you have anything new coming up that's in the works that people might be interested in seeing? Uh, just been shooting episodes of my Samurai Street Rocks. That's the beauty of it. Uh, I love to take my time on different projects. I try not to throw, you know, 80 million things at myself. So right now I've been spending time with my family and shooting the show. We're actually uh, heading out next week to go to New Orleans. Well, thank you very much, Joey, for coming on. It's a it's a pleasure talking to you. I've watched your uh, I've watched you on stage. I've listened to your music since uh, the early '90s, and I'm I'm just really glad that you guys came in here to help us out and talk with us today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Do you love horror, the strange and unusual, fantasy creatures, or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> hey, this is Andy Allo. You're listening to the AME Radio Show, and thanks for checking out my music.
All right, guys, that is the beautiful Andy Allo singing Tongue Tied, one of my favorite songs of hers. And she just recently posted on her Facebook page that she cut off her afro, her signature afro, but she looks just as good without it. So we wish her all the best. And we are going to be closing the show with The Pied Piper, the song by Crispian St. Peter's. We are going to be playing this because it is the inspiration between my Pied Piper mask collection, which you can see at imaginationartstudios.com and you can also see it at Epcot if you're in the Italian Pavilion go check out the Venetian mask place it's right there so let's go on and play the Pied Piper always contemplating what to do in case happiness found you can't you see that it's all around you so follow me hey come on baby Your life has kicked you, it's your mind, and that's all that's tricking you. So step in line. Hey, come on, baby. everybody uh, that is all we have this week so come back and join us next week same time same place same channel we will be here with more art music and entertainment news and stuff also check us out on our website www.theamemagazine.com we'll see you next week good night everybody that's the end we're done calm down people calm down okay that's it